Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. So today we're talking about the fall. And I don't mean autumn, but we made it all the way as humanity. That's the preface. That's the table of contents. That's the introduction to Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3. Perfection. Actually, we weren't around for most of Genesis 1, just the very end of it. So like the very end of Genesis 1 through chapter 2, and then bam, chapter 3, we fail. Like how long? Like you think like if you give somebody a gift, you give like... One of your friends, like a really new drone that's really nice and everything, and you're like, this is awesome. And he's like, I'm going to unpackage it and fly it. And you're like, I just have to go to the bathroom. And you come out at like of the bathroom, and you didn't even go number two. It's like, it's quick. And you come outside to see what he's doing, and it's like had been crash landed into a pile of rocks, and it's, it's a blip, like a, you raised so much money for this, because this is like a state-of-the-art drone. It's supposed to be rock-proof, if that's a thing, and waterproof and everything. And you're like, what did you do? This has to be God being like, I mean, he knew it was going to happen, but that's got to be kind of like the, huh, of this book. If I didn't know, and I was like, well, humanity used to be perfect. And then one day we sinned. How, how much of this book do you think that takes up before we're in this, this free fall for a while until a savior comes? I would, I would have guessed more than, more than three chapters. Like, really? I mean, you look at humanity, you kind of get it. You're like, uh, yeah, they mess up. But when we were perfect, we still messed up. And a cool thing in the New Testament is that Jesus is, is considered the second Adam. It's like a do-over, a start-over. And here he is perfect, and he doesn't mess up. And he hits all this, gets all the same temptations we get and everything, yet he's without sin. He doesn't give in to anything, which is really awesome. So I know a lot of you guys come from church, like you came with a church. All of you came with a church, I believe. Now that may or may not be your church. This might be an event for your church where you're like, this is where we bond. We're only bringing our regular youth group. Or maybe your church is like, this is where we're gonna get like some people who've never been connected. Invite all your friends. I don't know where you fall in that spectrum somewhere, but there might be somebody sitting here at probably, you've never been to the youth group of your church, but here you are at Winter Meltdown. This might be your first like introduction to Jesus. I stood in the back of the room a couple years ago and a, a, a female youth leader brought a girl up to me and she was like, tell them what you told me. And she was like, I've never heard that before. And we just finished kind of laying out what the gospel is. And when I say that it's the good news that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead for us, for our sins. And that's it. She had never heard that before. She's like, I was like, which part? She's like, any of it. I was like, have you seen a cross before? Like, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic with her. I was just like, have you seen a cross before? She's like, yeah, jewelry. I actually own one. Um, But there's nobody on it. Like, I've never seen anybody on it. Like, and I was thinking, like, like most of the churches here are probably Protestant. We don't do the crucifix thing. So it's like, ah, had she seen one of those? She obviously doesn't watch horror movies. There's one in every movie for some reason. Like, why is that scary? Anyway, so like, but like, it was the first time she was introduced to the gospel and she wanted to hear more. She wanted to see what living for Jesus would be like. And, you know, when you're really churched, 
Now, some of you guys aren't super churched. You might even be like, churched? What does that mean? What are they going to do to me? Brand me with a such and such Presbyterian or Baptist or Assembly of God or Methodist or whatever we've got here? I don't know. We could do a show of hands, but then whoever has the most people will be like, yes, we've succeeded. We're reaching the world. And they're not. I'm just kidding. Um, hopefully not. And then the non-denominational people are like, yeah, we bow to no one. The community churches are like, we're secretly Baptist. <laughs> but we thought it might keep people from visiting. You know, like, I know there's all the different things. Um, but, you know, if you're really churched, it means kind of like you grew up in that. And it can be so easy growing up in that to just start believing what you're told until you get to the age where you're critical thinking and you're asking questions that your parents never asked. Because, you know, this, this world has, is, has been, it's a strange happening, what's happened in our world. And, and I, yeah, anyways, um, it's like not very great phrase. Strange happening, what's happened in the world. Have you seen it? It's happening. Anyways, um, I was at a conference recently where they kind of outlined from the history of America starting until 1994-ish, which none of the teenagers were alive in here at that time. I was. So I got to experience some of this. We were in positive world. Now, let me preface that for a second. I know everything that happened in America was not positive. I know about the Trail of Tears. I've heard we had slavery for a while. I mean, there's some bad stuff going on in America, right? But what I mean by positive world is that generally, the average person had a positive view of the church, what it was doing in the world and Christianity, even if they weren't a Christian. So much so that anybody who ever ran for public office had to be affiliated with the church. It wasn't a rule, but they never got elected if they weren't. And that was like all the way up to there. Then for like 1995, still not alive yet, right? Till about 2014, that overlapped some of your lives. You're like, that's me. I was alive. We were in neutral world where people were like, well, I'm glad that works for you. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not really religious myself, but I'm glad that works for you. From about 2015 to the present, we've been in a negative world where there's a lot of assumptions and baggage just by saying you go to church or you're a Christian. People are like, well, do you hate certain people? Um, are you in a cult? Like, you know the pastor just wants your money. Like, I mean, all these regular conversations I get on a regular basis because I, for some reason, don't look like a pastor. <laughs> and we're just talking and stuff. And like, like, I don't dress like a pastor most of the time. I'll be in, in, in a restaurant on Sunday morning and the waitress will vent about all the stupid church people who are here. Or whatever. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> They've got problems. They do. I counsel some of them. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> but we've been in this, like, this is what you're growing up in. And every generation says, well, the generation coming, their music stinks and they don't know how to dress and blah, blah, blah. I think you guys dress awesome because you're just dressing the way we did in high school in the 90s. <laughs> and it's pretty sweet. It's all coming back. I shouldn't have sold everything. Anyway, so, um, but they always kind of talk down to it. But you guys are actually experiencing something in America that nobody else has ever experienced before. It's kind of, it's not like a natural positive thing that you are involved in a church and so forth. And so the questions you have aren't always answered by the people who are leading you. Because maybe we didn't ask those questions. 
I was a cynic, so I did ask those questions. I was an agnostic before I came to Christ, so I've asked a lot of those questions, but I do a parent's Bible study um, where we talk about these, and some of them are like, I just always just believed it. Like, I, why would I ask that question? Isn't that doubting God? And I'm like, oh, we got to equip ourselves because our kids are asking these questions, and the Bible can handle it, but sometimes we can't. There's 30 basic reasons that teenagers um, who grew up in the church walk away from their faith in college. Well, they usually figure that out around their sophomore year, but they're in college when they're, when they're polled. They're all intellectual questions they feel like the church and their parents didn't have answers for. That's, that's kind of scary because the Bible had the answers. And so we've got to equip ourselves. So I'm going to challenge something this morning, kind of a, our idea of whether or not we really believe the Bible. Okay, so how many of you guys would say in here, and don't just raise your hand because everybody else is, because if you're new to church and you're like, I don't know, don't just, I pledge allegiance to the Bible. You know, like, that's kind of weird. You don't know what's in it. Like, there could be strange stuff in there, all right? There is strange stuff in there, but it's true, right? So, hey, if you believe the Bible is God's word, that he inspired it, raise your hand. All right, so that's quite a few of you. All right, so you believe all of it. Keep your hand up if you believe all of it. Okay, some of you went down and you're like, no, 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 I do, I do, I do, I do. Is my youth pastor looking? All right, now you can put your hands back down. Maybe your parents are here and they're like, that was a close one. I thought we had failed, right? So you believe all of it. Who knows what Romans 6.23 is? You don't have to know all of it. I'm not challenging that you, oh, you didn't memorize it, huh? Yeah, way, actually in the middle, right there, You. No, I'm seeing if you had it memorized. Okay, let's go with the guy in the back real quick. It's 623, but yeah, real loud. All right, let's skip the second part for a second. We'll talk about that tonight. But the first part, the wages of sin is death. That means if you believe the Bible, you believe that people deserve death if they sin. I'm gonna challenge that for a moment. How many of you guys have ever had somebody do something wrong to you? Did, keep your hand up if you killed them. All right, all right. Or you think they should be killed. I've got a few of you. I think you're just joking around, but like we, we have a hard concept of that. Even, even though I'm a believer, focus in for a second, for a sec. Even though I'm a believer and I ask for forgiveness of my sins, I did it because I know that God has a problem with my sin. I really, if I'm being honest, don't have as much problem with my sin as God does. And it's hard to see from that perspective. So we're going to do a little illustration here that you're going to help me with, okay? Um, there are two things. In, I, you guys live in America? All right, so we'll, we'll just go with this country for a second. There are two things that you can be killed for capital punishment-wise. I mean, in some states. In some states, you're like, we don't do that. But we're just going to go with the ones that do. Imagine we're all Texans. All right, so um, <laughs> we're like, there's only one Answer to this, sorry. There's two things that you can be killed for. There's a lot of things you can be killed for in America. You know, walking down the right, wrong street at night, having too much money. But I'm talking about, like, justice-wise from the government, all right? So two things that you can actually lose your life for doing. What are one of those things? Yeah, and the glasses? Yeah. No, what? You, right here in the fourth row. Yeah, you. Murdering. That's right, Murdering. Killing some people. All right, murder. Murder. All right, there's one more. You might not get it. You might not have thought about it. Yeah, the bandana. Treason. 
Treason. Yes, acorns have to die because they are a tree's son. Anyway, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, treason. Can break down any word. Treason. What did the acorn say when he grew up? Back to math. Gee, I'm a tree. Anyways. My teacher said that one time, and I was like, oh, I could think really quick on my feet, so I came up with another joke he didn't like at all. I was like, what is he when he's an adult? I mean, when he's grown up. He's like, what? I was like, adultery. And he's like, no, that's not cool. That's not cool. All right. I was like, all right. All right, we'll leave that alone. That was in a Christian school. So, <laughs> thou shalt not. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, I got in trouble there a lot. We, we only used the King James in that particular school when I was growing up. So there was always like, I mean, you get in trouble for saying the wrong things and stuff. Well, I told a guy he sucks one time. And they were like, hey, I was like, sorry, sorry. You sucketh. <laughs> Just make sure it's King James, right? Okay, so those are the two things that you can be killed for. All right, now I want you to raise your right hand. This is fake. So, I mean, you raise it. Don't feel like you have to be in this. I'm going to swear you into the fake Congress of the United States of America because Congress is a legislative branch. The legislative branch makes the laws. The executive branch enforces the laws. The judicial branch says, uh, that's not cool, right? So, or that is cool, like it's kosher with the Constitution, right? Now you learn some civics. So you're in the Congress, real quick. I, I say your name. Some of you said say your name. And I'm... <laughs> And I love seventh graders. All right, so, all right. Do solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. For pretend. For pretend. <laughs> to, uphold to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. To determine who needs some killing. <laughs> and make sure it gets done. <laughs> so help me God. All right, you can put your hands down. You're part of the Congress. Okay, here's the thing. We're not doing this majority rules nonsense. We're not doing three-fourths and override and veto power. Well, there's kind of veto power, but you all have it. All right, so here's the thing. Now, I know some of you are probably anti-capital punishment here. I'm not here to argue that you, that you should be pro-capital punishment. I'm here to argue that we don't necessarily believe the Bible like we say we do. All right, so if you're like, I don't believe in capital punishment, I already won. All right, because the Bible says that wages of sin is death, right? So I already won in that area. I don't need to convince you. But just for the sake of this, you can pretend it's life in prison or something like that, all right? Or bamboo shoots up the fingernails, whatever you think. Um, something bad that's not murder uh, or not capital punishment. But here's what we're going to do. Because these things are already decided. They're already on there. We're not going to revoke them. Boy, that is... Uh, struggling. How might the ones we're going to come up with are all green? All right. There's no significance to that except for this dry erase marker stinks. Now we're going to suggest some crimes that people should be killed for. All right. Hold on. Put your hands down, you eager murderers. All right. <laughs> Sometimes you look at murder and you're like, "That's." I wish that the person had been killed rather than what happened to that person. Like, not really wish they were dead, but like, there are some crimes where it just turns your stomach to hear that this happened. I don't want you to get specific and be like, if somebody dismembers, no, no, like, like an actual crime that we already call it, we're just gonna use a generic term for it and we're not gonna describe what it is, all right? Capiche? Oh, you know this. All right, so yes. So here's the thing. When you suggest a crime, I will write it briefly. Then we will discuss it briefly not amongst yourselves, like I'll call on people if you have different reasons why you think it shouldn't be up there, but we all have to agree on it for it to stay. 
And really, nobody's going to die anyway, but if we had the power to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody has to agree on it for it to stay up there. Not most of the people, all of us. If you're anti-capital punishment, you pretend it's life in prison, all right? For it to be one of the most heinous things amongst us. All right, who has a crime that they think or a sin that should deserve death? Yes. Genocide, faith, ethnicity, or the other thing? Creed. Creed. All right. So, okay, genocide. How many of you? Well, we won't vote yet. Okay. Is there anybody who would argue? Well, hold on. Let me go ahead and throw something else at you. Genocide, by definition, also includes erasing, erasing culture. So if somebody came in and they're like, okay, you're going to, you're going to have to speak this language now because you came here and you can't do this anymore and that, that's technically, it's one of the definitions. Are we talking about that too? Or are you just talking about actually killing the people? Yes, that's included. Okay. That's included too. Okay. Erasing culture. Um, how many of you guys would say, we're not voting, but that you don't want genocide up there and you can argue why if you, if you don't, um, is there any nays to it. So you're like, can I really stand and defend genocide? I'm not saying defend it. I'm just saying you don't think somebody should die for it. All right? Did that, anybody? Is that a hand back there? You would say no for genocide? You believe in second chances? Even, well, we don't give second chances for these guys. So, all right, can you give a reason for that? What is their second chance to do? Kill a whole nother group of people? <laughs> Are you being serious though? Like you would, you would have them have the death penalty or no if they've like wiped out a people group? He's like, I don't know, I don't know. Okay. By definition, that's murder She said by definition, that's murder. So it's already kind of on there. But this is sometimes you amplify something because you want people to know this is really bad, Right? So like, if it happened somewhere else and we caught people doing it, we would still take them out. That's not how we do it, it's lethal injection. But, okay. Yes? Wait, is this a new one or the same one? No, 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 not a new one yet, not a new one yet. Okay, so let's vote on this. The opposite vote, if you think now you are convinced or whatever that it should not be up there and there's still, it's still wrong if we take it off. It's not like, oh, I'm pro-genocide. But if we take something off of here, it just means you don't think that it's on the same par as murder and treason, even though it's clearly murder, all right? Um, and if that's the case, did you have a question about this? Yeah. That is a very astute thing. She said, she said if, if a whole people group's trying to kill another people group and we kill them for trying to kill the people group, then we committed genocide. <laughs> yeah, usually it's not the whole people group. It's like a group within the people group. Like, I'm not gonna give any specific examples because we're not gonna get into that um, politically. But yeah, short of, could we make an amendment as long as it doesn't cause us to commit genocide? 
Okay, all right. Now, would anybody be against it as long as it doesn't cause us to commit genocide as well? Okay, so this one's staying. All right, let me get another one that goes on the board. Yes, way back there. Child abuse. Child abuse. All right. Now, we got to be specific here because my parents might be dead based on the 1980s standard of, of punishment, right? So what's your, when you say child abuse, are you talking about like, oh, don't touch that socket, pop, dead, you know? Say what again? Okay. Okay. So actual child abuse, we're not talking about like a little corrective pop on the butt with a wooden spoon or something, or, or a wooden fork, whatever, your, whatever floats your boat. Um, I'm just kidding. So, okay, hold on. Hold on. Arguments against death penalty for child abuse. Now, listen, if you argue against it, it doesn't mean that child abuse is okay. All right? Yes. Or, yeah, the person could have something wrong with them. There's also, um, most likely, they were abused as well. So you will be taking out some victims who have now become victimizers. Um, so in the interest of time, because we don't have a lot of it, we're going to vote on this. If you would not, you don't have to give you a reason, but if you would not make this a death penalty offense, raise your hand. Okay, that's quite a few. All right. Rather than all the, ex oh, I didn't write it up there anyway. All right, give me another one. Way back there in the gray. Yeah, you. What? Being a piracy. Okay, hold on. Hold on. In the interest of time, we're not going to be able to discuss all of them now. But how many of you would not give death penalty to pirates? Like real pirates, not Jack Sparrow. Okay. All right, so we're not going to put that one up there. All right, give me another one. Right, hush, right there. No, next behind, sorry, sorry. You, yes, yes. Rape, okay. So I'm going to qualify this one for a second just because people might have some kind of like, oh, what if, what if the guy's 20 and the girl's 17, but they've been dating for several years and it's consensual, blah, blah, blah. We're going to just call this, I'm assuming, non-consensual rape that we're going to put up here. That way we won't have all the little subtle nuances. Some non-consensual, somebody took advantage of somebody and raped them. How many of you would not make that a death penalty offense? Okay. So we get, don't, don't badger them. It doesn't make the list. Sorry. It's still a crime. I would personally take them out. All right. So like, all right, give me another one. Yes. Cannibalism. I think that's how you spell it. If not, it doesn't matter. Two ends? Yeah, barely. Okay. How many of you guys, all right, being serious, not just to raise your hand and stuff, if somebody knowingly ate another human being, killed them and ate them, Killed them and ate them. <laughs> We're going to be able to get them on this regardless of whether you keep it up here. But cannibalism, how many of you guys would say yes? No, I mean, no, 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 no. 
you would say, I would not kill them for that. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, in the interest of time, typically, hold on, put your hands down. Put your hands down. Typically, when I do this illustration, I've done this with up to 500 people at once. This is the first time rape has ever not made it on there, by the way. Typically, rape makes a list, child molestation, if we kept going in here, if we had more time, terrorism, cannibalism's made it before, sometimes it doesn't. There's different ones that typically make the list where people are like, okay, that one, that seems worse than just regular murder to me, that person's stealing someone's innocence. There's all, child, child abuse has made it before, those kind of things. Stealing's never made it. Lying's never made it, disrespect has never made it, any of those things. And here's the thing. The thing that all the things that make it on the list have in common, and the thing, we had a genocide here, we've got that. The thing they have in common, and whatever would make the list, and whatever would make your personal list, because some of you guys raised your hand and your thing didn't make it on there, they have in common, is these are the things that you hate. These are the things that you can't stand and you couldn't imagine yourself doing. And because of that, you believe, just like the Bible says, that those things are worthy of death. But not the things you've done, not the things on your whiteboard, right? Those, th those are, eh, those are little things. It's just the things Nate did. Not like these guys, the true sinners. Now think for a second. If God had his whiteboard and had to put the things on there that he couldn't imagine himself doing that were just horrible to him, all of a sudden we start filling this whiteboard up with different sins and we'd have to go to the walls I'd have to get a white marker, go to the walls, and fill up every wall in here with all the sins that he could see as worthy of death because he couldn't imagine himself doing those things. And the last one that we'd have to write, vandalism, because we wrote all over the walls at RVR, <laughs> which we are not allowed to do, right? So all of those things are sin to God. And so we, who are in the image of God, but have a marred human sense of justice, still understand partially the justice of God. That sin that we can't imagine ourselves doing is worthy of death. The problem is that we have sinned and our tolerance for sin has gone up. And as a result, it's harder to see from God's perspective anymore. And we start to okay things. And we start to follow other things. And Psalms 135, 15 through 18 says, the idols of the nation are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak, eyes, but cannot see, ears, but cannot hear, nor is there breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. We start to follow other things other than God because our, our deeds, the things we do, don't line up with who God is. We've stepped away from him, and we don't like that magnifying glass being shown back on us of, the, of, of what we've done wrong. And even when we accept Christ, sometimes we're like, yeah, I know I stand guilty before you and I can't go to heaven if I don't do this and everything. But do we really sometimes grab onto the weight of what we've actually done? That we've sinned against a God, that it turns his stomach in the same way when you hear about a child molester, child abuse, um, genocide, rape, murder, those things that you might would throw on the list or that you think should be life in prison or whatever. Like we're like, oh, how could somebody do that? God's like that about us rejecting him as our creator. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, like dead. 
So part of the wages of sin is death. We're already experiencing that. We died spiritually. We went to that black light mode. We died spiritually. And we're experiencing that death. And one day we'll experience physical death as well. For a believer, they only experience physical death, but they're made alive. They come alive in the spirit because God erases our whiteboard. Then he kind of sprays it with Pam, you know, through Jesus. And now nothing you write on there will stick. It can never define you or be your identity again. That's what he does for us. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirits, talking about Satan, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That we deserved the wrath of God. And tonight we're going to talk about how that wrath of God was poured out, but it was poured out on his, on his son instead of us, willingly. It's not like he was like, Jesus, you're going and you're going to do this. Like this is God saying, okay, here's how we solve this for humanity. Here's how I solve my justice issue because God is love, but God is also justice. God is not loving. He is love. So he's also justice. And so he can't overlook this. He can't just say, well, I don't think that one deserves death. Maybe, I mean, to him, it's the most heinous thing you can think of. Any of the sins we do, anything that falls short of his glory. And in our imperfect human self, we can't do anything that would ever cause us to be considered righteous again. Unless there's this exchange, somebody else pays our debt. We're gonna talk about that tonight when we come in. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you so much for each person here. Lord, for their short term in Congress, we, bless, we, we just ask that you bless them as a result of serving our country that way. And Lord, we thank you that we're able to look at this from a different perspective, that you really, really can't stand sin. So you must love us so much that you made a plan while we were still sinners to die for us. So we thank you for that, Lord. Help us to see the gravity and weight of what separates us from you, that you are a holy, perfect God. And that we would use what you did for us to bridge that gap between us and you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.